Hello and welcome to Antique Atrocities, where I'm British and she's not. And I'm not, once again. Hello. (laughs) Welcome back to Antique Atrocities, where we cover atrocities from the ancient times. Um, This is Envia and Kenzie. I'm Envia. I do a multitude of things, mostly a lot of fandom shenanigans and cosplay. I've been on a Lilith cosplay bender recently. And I get to do a lot of historical research for the podcast, which is fun, because it's a place to dump my hyperfixations. And I'm not Envia, a.k.a. Kenzie. <laughs> and my my deal is that I walk into falls and apologize to them. I've done it three times today so far, and I'm hoping for a fourth. Yes, she also yells at walls occasionally. Yes. For my job, I have to yell at walls, and I will not be explaining any further. That is all the context you get. Yeah, Uh, you don't deserve context. Anyway, today we're talking about something. I don't know what it is. Take it away. Okay, so it started out as medical cannibalism, and it evolved into skull sauce and the poop potions made by one singular guy named John French. (laughs) excrement elixir if you will excrement elixirs if you will so basically i started looking up all the different uses of the human body as medicine back in the olden days because that's what people did from like the 15th century all the way up until the 18th century and the three biggest things people used were skulls blood and mummy parts straight from the tomb And then I found this book written by one guy named John French called The Art of Alchemy, where he gives you like entire recipes of different ways you can use blood and skull parts. So this is going to be a lot. That doesn't seem very sanitary, personally. It wasn't. Wow. (laughs) The 16th century. It's so bad. (laughs) It's never, ever gotten worse. Um... Here's the thing, we're gonna go into poop potions later on, but just know that they use straight up poop. There was no sanitation back then. Well, shit. There was shit. no concept. <laughs> there was no concept of, you know, the natural bacterias that exist. It's atrocious. Anyway. Yeah, that stinks. <laughs> Literally, it's... <laughs> oh, it's a very shitty thing to do, if you will. <laughs> Like, what the crap were they thinking? (laughs) What the crap? They distilled crap and people would drink it. And that's, there there you have it. Anyway, this all started with one guy whose name was Paracelsus, I believe. And he was a Swiss physician who lived in the 1500s. And so back in the time where he existed, there was a belief called Galenism, I think is how you say it, which says the body consists of these four different humors, which are blood, phlegm, and then black bile and yellow bile. And they thought that the key to being a healthy person was to keep all the four humors in balance. And so he decided to take this to the extreme and say, well, maybe you can use a like part to cure a like part. So he would he would think that similar elements from outside the body could restore health in your body. So if you're if you had like a headache, you could cure it by consuming a part of someone else's head. 
if you had a blood issue, you could like drink someone else's blood, and you could you can see how this got worse really fast. Uh, Yeah, uh, vampirism. (laughs) Straight up medical medical vampirism, I think, was a term for it. I'm a genius. So he says that if, again, like if your illness centered on your head you'd have to consume part of a head of a healthy person. And skulls was his big thing. So he would advocate for drinking, like, a juice made from a skull powder. Which is nasty. And let me see. Oh, he wanted to make- if you were gonna get parts from a corpse to use for your medical exploits, he advocates for uh, the corpse of a young, healthy man who died of violence and not of illness. So you wanted a guy who died from execution or from war. Huh. You want the remains to to stay healthy or to stay vital, I guess, because they thought that if someone died of old age or of illness, then their parts didn't have any vitality left in them. Okay, and uh, also I want to uh, add on to this by stating that human bones like grated up bones apparently taste like sand how do you know this there's a lady who ate her husband's ashes oh oh god you know hmm. good good for her i don't know i don't even want to say that (laughs) not good for her yeah i hate that for her because when when you go to a crematorium and you get cremated the bones mm-hmm. don't burn away so they get like ground up and Ooh. apparently specifically oh my God. she said the bone parts or what she thinks are the bone tar- parts tastes like sand that doesn't surprise me actually because i feel like bones are just a lot of inorganic material like sand yeah God. but so well, we do we know, know what bones taste like canonically what bones taste like bones canonically taste like sand and human meat apparently tastes like veal wait like what veal okay what is veal i don't actually know what that is baby uh sheep that's so specific i thought you were just gonna say it tastes like baby (laughs) like a baby human no it Sorry, God. it it tastes like baby cow. Okay, not sheep. You know, Wrong I didn't animal. know that baby cow tasted different from adult cow. Apparently it does. What is it? What does an elderly cow taste like? What does a milf cow taste like? Does a milf cow <laughs> No, wait. I don't want that. <laughs> no. What does a milf cow taste? God, I love that that's part of your search history now. Oh, no. No, I didn't press ants. <laughs> okay, it's it's fine. Um, <laughs> it's, it's fine. The difference is torture. Okay. You know, I'm not even going to ask. Uh, so, it doesn't. it's not considered veal unless it is over 12 months of age when it is mm-hmm. killed. And the meat is not red when oh. it comes from veal, apparently. Huh. Yeah. What? So what is it before it's 12 months old? Is it uh, just then infant? it's Then it's veal, and it's specifically, Wait. like, 
it's a pale pink color instead of red, almost white. And basically what happens is the baby cow is taken away from its mother as soon as it's born, starved to death, and oh, blinded oh. and beaten. Why does it have to be blinded and beaten? I feel like that's too much for some meat. <laughs> yeah. So well, now we just apparently... learned another atrocity. <laughs> well, that's that's a later time. So bones taste like sand, and and human flesh tastes like veal. I don't I don't know. Don't take it from me. Anyways, you can uh, take it from guy... me though. <laughs> you can take it from Kenzie though. That you can quote her on that. Um, a guy named Johann Schroeder recommended the cadaver of a reddish man who was whole and fresh without blemish, around twenty four years of age dead of a violent death and exposed to the moon's rays for one day and night. <laughs> How do so you niche. get exposed to moon rays during the day? Moon, The moon's rays for one day, Lamau. Shouldn't that be two nights? Like, Yeah, one... did it not say one day and one night, though? <laughs> it literally says one day and night. How, How? do you get moon <laughs> from day? I mean, sometimes the moon's out during the day, but that's straight up sun. <laughs> yeah, either way, in reality, I'm, I'm so it is confused. just sun rays, except for one it is just It is just reflected. sun rays, yeah. And yeah. what do you do if there's no moon or if it's cloudy? I don't know, but apparently that's the ideal. That the corpse has to be left out and exposed to the moon's... You know, like moon water. <laughs> except it's yeah. not moon water, it's it's moon cadaver. <laughs> Gotta love me some good old moon cadaver. Moon cadaver, man. Oh, I gotta go put out my moon cadaver for the next full moon. Jesus oh Christ. Oh my god. Oh, anyway, so this was super atrocious, as you can tell, but it kept going on for so long because the patients were actually the ones who swore by them, like these cures. They said that they this was the stuff that kept them going. They said that they were cured after they used these elixirs. But the theory is that the skulls or the blood or whatever, they usually mixed it with chocolate or wine or straight up opiates. So the patients probably liked them because they were on crack. Yeah, and probably were conclusion. like going through psychosis. They were probably very high and they were like, man, these skulls, <laughs> they're doing it for me. Yeah, don't oh. you love some good old-fashioned human skulls for breakfast? Yo. I love how there was also no, uh, like, scientific experimentation on this, so when they mixed skulls with wine, they never once thought, oh, maybe it's the wine that's making them feel good, and not the skulls. But, alas. Yeah. I mean... The industry lasted a long time, and so there was a whole thing of just gathering human remains like people would just dig up graves very often or especially like battlefields because that's when people died a violent death yeah wow <laughs> yeah so a ton of war heroes never got properly buried they were just consumed quite literally don't you just hate it when you die in war and then get consumed <laughs> you die in a war first of all and then you get consumed uh, with alongside crack 
yeah, not a good way to go. Anyways, the first big thing they used was skulls, so it's a couple of uses. One of my favorites is skull moss. So what the alchemists would do is they would take a skull and hang it in the shop for a while so it would grow a skull moss on top of it, which is like, it's just like a fluffy green moss that grows on the skull when it gets exposed to the elements. And then the chemist would sell the skull moss to people who believed that if you stuff it up your nose, it'll stop nosebleeds. I mean, it would definitely <laughs> stop the nosebleed from leaking out through your nose. What I love about this <laughs> is they could have easily used a tissue. <laughs> Anything would have worked. When were tissues invented, though? Or, I well, actually, that's fair. They could have used a piece of fabric. They could have used anything. They could have used could not have used skull paper. moss. Could have used regular moss. They could have used any moss ever. They could have used a leaf for all I know. But nope, skull moss. Skull moss. Shove it up your nose. Also not sanitary. Do not recommend. Oh my god. Yeah, no. Even even regular moss. Don't shove it up your nose. Yeah. We <laughs> interrupt this uh, regularly <laughs> scheduled antique atrocities episode to remind you, don't do these things. They're atrocities <laughs> and not. they will either hurt you or kill you. <laughs> oh gosh, warning. I'm about to give you some some recipes for skulls and uh, and poop potions. Don't actually make them. I yes. feel like that goes without saying, but making you know, these don't. things is your decision, and if you do God. so, we are not held liable because absolutely not of your idiocy. <laughs> don't do them at your home. Don't do them at a friend's home. Don't do them. Don't do uh, drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. And don't, don't do, do moss. skull moss. Don't do skulls. Don't do blood. Don't don't do. <laughs> yes. Don't. Back to our program. <laughs> Okay, so the next thing was those skull wine glasses. I used to think they just made them for aesthetic or as a way to show off, like for the for the royalty. You know what I mean? Like it was just a way to display wealth. But no, they thought that skulls had a healing capacity. And so if you use them as a vessel for drinking alcohol, you could get like the skull's essence to help cure your sickness. The more you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you would, they would also shave skulls for consumption, not quite powder. They would just shave them into little, you know, pieces. Like with a cheese grater sort of shave? <laughs> Whatever was the equivalent of a cheese grater in the, in the 1600s, yeah. Skull cheese. Skull cheese. Skull shave. Man, you know, don't mind me. I'm just shaving okay, my skull. Okay, related question, <laughs> but unrelated question, but it's uh -huh. still related. So it's related. don't don't bones create like blood through their bone marrow turns out tons of bones make blood at different times of life it's more complicated than that i guess huh so there's a possibility that there could have been bone marrow still in these school i don't know i yeah. straight up have no idea and like did they also get like juices from inside the skull not as I know of. I feel like by the time they were using it, it was so dry. Oh, okay. That it didn't have it anymore, yeah. But I still but feel well, like it would be mildly stained red or some, like, off color. Not, like, normal bone color inside, probably. I, yeah, I don't know. 
No idea. Maybe maybe the inside of it is atrocious. Or maybe they only shaved the outside. Yeah. This is Because you know how bone has those layers? Yes. Flat bones have like a spongy layer inside. Maybe they stopped when they got in there. No clue. Maybe. They could have gotten in like stopped way before <laughs> the, the 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 nasty. Yeah. The nasty came out. Or they could just anyway. eat it like it's a chocolate bar. Just crunch. God, that's so atrocious. Just crunching bones. Bone pieces. Ugh. Anyway, so a guy who made skull powder drinks popular was King Charles. He got a stroke in 1685, and he was convinced that only one remedy would work for him. So he paid a chemist, Jonathan Goddard, for his formula called Goddard's Drops. So it was later known as the King's Drops, and it was just crushed human skulls, a bunch of water, and I think there was chocolate in it? I'm not sure. But I found a recipe for it in case we're curious. <laughs> this recipe was from John French. Again, don't do it. Don't try it at home. It says, take human craniums, as many as you please, because you had many of these on hand, break them into small pieces, and then with water, put them into a glass with a large receiver, so like a distillation apparatus, I guess. Put a strong fire to it, crank it up by degrees, and continue until you see no more fumes come over, and then you should have a yellow spirit, a red oil, and a volatile salt. I don't want to know what that stuff is. Maybe this is the bone marrow stuff you were talking about. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. they said take the salt, take the yellow spirit, and digest them by circulation in balneo, which means like in a bath. And then you should have, this is their words, an excellent moist spirit. <laughs> Love. This will help with gout, dropsy, infirm stomach, strengthen all weak parts, and openeth all obstructions. Guys, I know how and to cure my depression. <laughs> Yes. The, the moist spirit of human skull. Yeah, just gotta moistly bathe in some human skull. Moistly bathe it. You should uh, crank a fire under it until you see a yellow spirit, a red oil, and a salt. Good lord. Wow, It'll that's a lot. It'll open all your obstructions. It's a lot. Yeah. You know, I don't think I want my spirit to be moist. I originally thought this was going to go in the you-have-to-drink-it route, so I'm at least glad it didn't. Wait, drink the... Hold on. <laughs> drink the bone juice. You you do. Wait a minute. Wait, I thought you bathed in it. No, no, no. That, that was like a method of distillation for making it. Oh, so you have to so bathe you... in it before you drink it. No, it's kind of <laughs> like how... <laughs> Can you imagine? You bathe in something and then you just drink it from the tub. I love that so much. No, it's kind of like, oh, it says circulation in Balneo, like a bath, like a chemical bath, not like a, a bath for a human. I was imagining like a human you know bath. I mean? like, no. <laughs> like a distillation tool, you know what I mean? I understand now. I promise okay. I'm smart, guys. <laughs> this is great. No, I. it's a great concept. You bathe yeah. in it, then you drink it. No. I hyperfixated <laughs> on the word bath. Bol in Bolneo. <laughs> Good lord. 
Anyway, so they poured about 40 drops of this down the king's throat daily, which probably made him pass away faster. Because he passed away, like, I don't know, probably a less than a month later. But it didn't stop other people from using them. Yeah. There I'm was like, a guy... <laughs> so I googled it because... Mm-hmm. Intrigue. Apparently, according yes. to Smithsonian uh, yes. <laughs> Museum... Um, yeah. That was my original source for this. I think that was the first place I went. Yeah. Humans can digest bone, so it probably wasn't the bone that killed them. It was probably everything else they did. It was, or it was just the stroke he had that never got fixed. Yeah, that would do it too. Unfixed. Because he had a stroke, and he was trying to cure his stroke with this, and I don't think this would cure a stroke. Okay, if I ever have a stroke, I'll test this. <laughs> Don't. God. <laughs> I love how it says, it says take human craniums as many as you please. Just because you have these lying around, you know. God. Yeah, just crunch into them like they're a chocolate bar. Yeah. Oh, speaking of chocolate bar, perfect segue. We have an English woman named Anne Dormer who was advocating for this in a letter to her sister where she talks about the positive impact of skull juice on her mental health. Oh yeah, she cure says, my depression, guys, let's exactly. go. She says, I take the king's drops and drink chocolate, and then when my soul is sad to death, I run and play with the children. And it works perfectly. See, I think We're pretty it's... sure the chocolate Ooh. made her feel better and not the skull. Yeah. But there you go. And she was probably depressed because of the children, because children are gross. <laughs> <laughs> she was probably depressed because of the children. Oh, that's the quote. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that's for skulls. But here's the worst one is drinking blood. So medical vampirism. There was a guy named Mar... I'm probably not going to be able to say this right. Marsilio Ficino, he was an Italian scholar from the 1400s who believed that the elderly should suck the blood of an adolescent directly from a vein in their arm to restore vitality. Straight from the arm. Can you imagine being (laughs) just a boomer and sucking on the arm of an adolescent? There's so much wrong with that. Yeah, the I'm... Wow, um, I don't know where to start with that man. <laughs> yep, um, yep. <laughs> that was the When hypothesis. did he die? So, he lived in the 1400s. He probably died in the 1400s as well. This was old. Okay. I googled it 1499s when he died. Okay. At age Barely. 65. He did not make it to the 1500s. <laughs> yeah, so... This man... Clearly didn't work out for him. No. <laughs> didn't think this like, through. I'm gonna Google it. Can humans drink blood safely? <laughs> safely? I mean, I don't think it would kill you. Uh, but it's probably not good for you. In small quantities, it's okay, but um, usually humans can pass on a lot of diseases via blood. 
Oh my god, it's like the, the herpes urine from last time. <laughs> yes. You can yeah. get hepatitis C, uh, HIV, hepatitis B, burosilosis, <laughs> syphilis, malaria. Syphilis. The classic. Yeah. Um, West Nile virus, uh, cytomegalovirus, um, parvovirus. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> just is that you can get a lot from drinking blood. But he did say that you should drink the blood of a healthy adolescent, so... You know, assuming that they don't have any of these illnesses, you can probably get away with it. Yeah, but like, recommend. back in the 1400s, define Was healthy. Was there ever a healthy adolescent to begin with? Fair. There could be asymptomatic. They're probably, all, majority are just asymptomatic or, oh, these are yeah. normal things that people experience. These are, these are fine. You know, Everybody it's, experiences. It's fine to like wake up and with a pounding headache and you lose your left arm in 1400s yeah. behavior. Yeah, like if you're Anyways. bleeding out of your nose every morning, it's fine. <laughs> Just stuff some skull moss in there, it's okay. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways, I might do a whole episode on her later, but Elizabeth Bathory, famous serial killer. We're not sure if it's a rumor or not, but she was rumored to have bathed in the blood of young women to maintain her youth. And that's not surprising considering 1400s vampirism. Yeah, I'm just imagining her, like, in a bathtub with a bunch of Cheerios yeah. in it. Cheerios. And blood. Oh, God. See, I... The Cheerios makes it worse to me. It does, but she's a serial killer. Oh! I... I'm so mad at myself for not getting that joke. Just... Jesus Christ. Instead of milk, though, she used blood. Ugh, that makes it chunky. I hate this. Everyone blood is knows already blood is kind of when it's not chunky. Yeah, but blood. Think about it. It starts to like coagulate. Ew, literally no. So wouldn't it be like kind of sticky and clumpy and gross? Yeah, it probably was. I don't know. <laughs> Clearly, I've never done this. How um, long before blood <laughs> coagulates? We're never gonna get through all the info today. <laughs> You wanted conversations. Oh, this, no, this is perfect. <laughs> um, normal blood begins to clot after about 70 to 102 seconds. But it will take so longer. So she wouldn't have lasted long. Yeah, and but it would take longer in a higher dosage, but it, it still wouldn't have lasted long. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe she went for a dip. <laughs> a dip in the pool. <laughs> a trip to the spa. <laughs> A trip to the spa. Anyways, so again, they would try to get blood fresh as possible because the whole point was we need to maintain the vitality of our youth. So if you were wealthy in the 1400s, you could buy it sold in the apothecaries. But if you were poor, what you'd actually do is atrocious. You'd stand by at an execution with a cup and basically pay for a cup of the warm blood of the person who was being executed at that moment. And you could get it for cheap. Gotta love some cheap execution blood. Some cheap, can you imagine just, I don't know, a bunch of 1400s peasants being like, heard there was an execution today, I've brought my cups. <laughs> That's so bad. Instead of chocolate milk, they're getting blood. I'm gonna collect some, <laughs> some fresh vitality juice, let's go. 
<laughs> they probably thought they were cashing in also. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so bad. Anyway, 1679, this still wasn't over because there was a recipe of how to turn blood into marmalade by cooking it if you didn't want to drink it raw from a person. So... Recipe says, first thing you have to do, they were obsessed with the word moist. You have to find a donor with a warm, moist temperament. <laughs> and preferably, they would have a blotchy red complexion and a rather plump build. So you basically, you want someone who looks like they have a lot of blood. Oh, guys, I guys, I would be a perfect target. <laughs> a warm, moist temperament. I have. Even I am very warm <clears throat> all the time. I am plump. <laughs> That's She's how I'm got gonna the moistest temperament. Plump. <laughs> and you know, I do in fact have a lot of blood. I have this at least is... one human body's worth. That's enough for them, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, then the next step is you would let it dry into a sticky mass, which we just learned wouldn't take very long. Like and then you put it on a table, cut it into t thin little pieces, and then when it's no longer dripping, you'd put it on a stove and stir it to batter with a knife, and then pound it through a little sieve, like, you know, like a sifter thing, and then just seal it in a jar. I love how there's absolutely no seasoning happening. It is just blood. Gross. There wasn't sugar involved. Maybe there was. Maybe that's the detail they left out, but I feel like that's a very important detail. I don't think it would have made a difference. <laughs> you can't mask the smell or the taste. Or the Yeah. Or the existence of it all. <laughs> that is disgusting. The next atrocious thing was mummified flesh. And I feel like this deserves its own episode because I was doing research into it and there is so much about robbing Egyptian tombs. I'm probably gonna make it its own thing later. Yeah, that'll be your We next get a little bit today. Next episode. So, <laughs> next episode business. So, it was mostly used as a remedy for bruising and they would either apply like, well, whatever, extract, juice, I don't know, whatever part of mummified flesh, they would apply it topically or they'd mix it into drinks. So you would drink this as well. Also, I was like a French to king. Uh, raise, yes. raise everyone's attention to the fact that you just said mummified flesh. So, yeah, <laughs> I thought I'd live it down, but I didn't. Mummified fresh. I had to. <laughs> I had to point it out. Mummified. Mummified flesh. I wasn't gonna listen to anything else you said until I said <laughs> it. Anyway, they'd take the mummified flesh and either apply it to your bruises topically or they'd mix it into your drinks and you'd drink it. There was a king, Francis I, who would always carry around some mummified flesh with him in a purse because just in case, I don't know, just in case he ran into a wall or something, <laughs> he could just whip it out. <laughs> I'm just imagining like a, a king walking around with like a Tiny piece, tiny piece of flesh oh in God. like a little pink purse. He has whatever was the equivalent of like those little Gucci purses, <laughs> just full of mummified flesh. A change. Purse. In case he stubs his toe or something. Yeah. Man, don't you just hate it when you stub your toe and have to use human flesh to drink? God. <laughs> okay. Anyways, time for the best part of this episode which is John French 
and The Art of Distillation, the book he published in 1651 full of entire recipes in Old English. Poop Potion Pete. Man. Poop Potion Pete, except his name was John French. So I don't know what we can call him. I refuse. Poop Potion Poop Potion Pete. (laughs) He was all about the alchemy. He actually discovered a bunch of pretty good things. Like later on, he figured out the metal testing thing, like how to test for different metals. That's still accurate to till today. But the rest of it is just sheer nutcase behavior. So I'm ready. First of all, he says he does a whole little uh, tribute and introduction in his book because he this man is a scholar. He has to do his part. So he says When I consider how acceptable a treatise of the art of alchemy might be, especially to our English nation, I saw I could do no better service than to prepare a full treatise which should contain only the choicest preparations and only of the selectest authors, both ancient and modern, and of several languages, which I have attained, humble brag moment, and also some by my own long manual experience. And together um, with such exchange, out of the hands of private persons, which has been held as great secrets. So basically he's saying, these are the best recipes that I could have ever found. I could do no better service <laughs> than to give you this information right now. And okay. we're about to roast it, so yeah. <laughs> I hope he feels great. I hope um, he's rolling in his poop grave. <laughs> John French is rolling in his poop grave right now. I God, can you imagine if he doesn't even exist anymore because someone consumed him? I feel like that would be the perfect ending. Anyway, the circle I wish of I knew. life. The circle of life. He says, I rejoice at the break of day after a long, tedious night to see how this solitary art of alchemy begins again to shine forth out of the clouds of reproach which it hath a long time past undeservedly laid under. Laid spelled L-A-Y-E-D, because this is the 1600s. There are two things which have for a long time eclipsed it, the mist of unbelief and ignorance and the specious lunacy of conceit. So, I... Do you want to give a go at interpreting that? Because I love it so much. So crazy people doing crazy things because they're absolute lunatics. (laughs) This is what I understood from it. He says... He's discovered this art of alchemy, which has been laying underneath, like, no one's known about it for so long, which is undeserving because it's so amazing. And there are two things which have kept it from becoming discovered, which is people's ignorance and people's conceit. Uh, So people being cocky equals no alchemy. (laughs) Exactly. So people being cocky means no drinking juice, no drinking skulls. But however, people being reasonable equals drinking skulls. Let's go. He says, certainly, if men were less ignorant, they would prefer cordial essences before crude juices, spelled J-U-C-I-E-S. Well, that seems like it's illegal, the way that's spelled, and I don't like it. Juices. If men were less ignorant, they would prefer cordial essences, which apparently is what he's making, over their crude juices. He's saying, uh... If you were less ignorant, you'd be drinking my skull juice and not your typical OJ, I guess. 
I have no idea what crude juicies were back then. Pee? Anyway. Pee! Pee was the crude juice. Poop, however, the cordial essence. <laughs> God. What a shitty he time says, to live. Oh my god, literally. The only thing nice about this time period was the fashion and the architecture. Everything else was this. Yeah. He says many have so little faith in this art that they will scarcely hear anything about it beyond distilling waters and oils and extracting salts. This just cracks me up, because has, has he ever considered that maybe people have so little faith in it because it involves drinking poop? Yeah, no, I feel like it doesn't yeah. take a genius to know that drinking poop is probably not good for your health. It's not not a good idea. I don't know. Maybe maybe they had common sense back in the day. This was the only thing that they they actually thought about. Anyway. So, we're going to get to the recipes now. Starting off simple, the essence of man's brains. He says Physicians must take the brains of a young man that hath died a violent death, together with its membranes, arteries, veins, nerves, and all the pith of the backbone. Bruise these in a stone mortar until they become a kind of pap. Ew. <laughs> then put as much of the spirits of wine as will cover three or four fingers' breadth. I don't know what that means. I don't but think just I want to know what it if means. You will. I don't think they actually put fingers in there. I think it's a method of measurement. Or maybe like they dip their finger in and be like, okay, it's my finger tall. Okay, yeah. <laughs> my, it's about two or three fingers worth of wine. Um, then put it into a large glass that is three out of four parts empty. This annoys me because they keep saying three parts out of four empty when they could just instead say one fourth full. <laughs> Really but they had to be fancy. Common sense from these people, though. Yeah. Then you take that and you digest it for half a year in horse dung. Half a year. Ew. Oh my god. Straight decomposition. And then you take it out and distill it in volnio, which again is the bath, the tool. And then you would, you know, mix the waters around until the greatest part of the brains distilled off. Which you're basically just consuming diarrhea. <laughs> At that point, there's not even brains left. I don't think. Brain diarrhea. So, brain diarrhea. Ew. So he's taking brains, nerves, etc., mashing them up, putting wine in there, putting it in a glass, one fourth of the way, putting all that into horse dung, letting it exist for half a year taking it out, distilling it, draining off everything until you have just this liquid on the bottom. And I'm 90% sure that at that point it's just poop water. <laughs> well, <coughs> anyways, he says uh, a drop or two of this essence taken in some spe spe specifical water once a day is a most infallible medicine against the falling sickness, which was epilepsy. Just imagine so if bad. they still tried to treat people with epilepsy that way. Can you imagine having epilepsy in the 1600s and they just give you poop water every single day? Yeah, like, why not just give them an exorcism at that point? <laughs> I feel like that would have been better for their health. At least that would have done something better than this. I don't know, I feel like just give them water. 
or you straight know, water would have done better. Let it pass, cause let it pass. Didn't like don't seizures usually just inconvenience people for a couple minutes? Like I know they're they, debilitating, I mean, but they're also like simple seizures and like complex seizures and yeah. I mean, from the way they're describing it, they're trying to prevent it long term or trying to cure it completely with poop water. I feel like poop water was the probably best of their technology cause the seizures. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that if you did not have seizures before, if you drank this every day, you might have some later. I don't know. Yeah, you might have somebody just passed out and fell down funny and they're like, "Hope seizure, you got to drink some poop water, man." <laughs> poop water was the cause of death. <laughs> Most common. Anyway, Okay, he has another human skull recipe. I just like this one because of the description. Take the human skulls without bruising them, only breaking them into pieces. Lay them piece by piece upon a net spread over the wide mouth of any vessel <laughs> that is full of water, and then cover this all with another vessel that has a vent in it. Make the water boil and keep it boiling for three days and three nights, and in that time the bones will be soft as cheese. Skull cheese. Skull cheese. Then you'd add wine to it, make it into a paste, and again, use it for epileptic convulsions. I am sorry to everybody who has had epilepsy oh ever. Anyone who ever had epilepsy in the olden days, you were either given poop potions, skull paste, or accused of witchcraft. Yeah. Nothing ever went well for you. Best case scenario is probably a few of them got exorcisms instead. Yeah. In which case, that wouldn't have even done anything. You would have just not had to go through this. Yeah. Which I'd consider I'd that a win. I'd take the exorcism, man. I'd take the exorcism. Now, what I love is this can also cure not just epileptic convulsions, but also all fevers, as well as passions of the heart. Uh, so it oh. cures horniness. I wonder why. It cures. It cures simping. I guess, um, and it is also an excellent sudorific, which is a thing that makes you sweat. You know, I'd be sweating too if you gave me this. It probably. And I'd be sweating because I'd be terrified. It's probably. Yeah, why I'd be sweating because of the the brand new infection I just acquired. People already had enough infections. You don't need to give them more. God. Once you had a single infection of any kind in that time, you were done for, because you would just make it worse. I wonder how many people died specifically of poop potion. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to know. I want that statistic, anyway, the truth. I need that stat. Okay, his next recipe, the Magistry of Blood. So he says, take of the purest blood as much as you please, because again, you just have this, put it into a pelican, <laughs> so I don't know if this means the bird or if that was a, the name of a tool I couldn't figure it out I will I'd like to think it's a tool I hope it's the bird for funniness the bird I can't imagine doing this in a bird anyway you put it into a pelican that three parts of four may be empty again digest it for a month in horse dung in which time, he says in parentheses, in which time it will swell and become much more than it was than when it was put in. I have a feeling that's because it's decomposing. 
and then you distill it in Balneo, and in the bottom will remain the Magistry of Blood, which is to be distilled nine times in a retort in ashes, and then is perfected. Hmm. <sighs> so, so, blood in a pelican, in horse dung, ashes. I would just like yep. to raise awareness that there is a medical supply company called Pelican Medics. See, I found that too when I was googling this. But I don't think that's what this guy meant. No, but why do I feel like this is named after this? <laughs> Potentially. I mean, if the pelican was a tool, maybe they're like, ah, oh, yes, a nice distillation tool. Let's name our, our medical stuff after this. Yeah, and like this Pelican Medics site seems to be like a lot more blood-based equipment, so I'm assuming it was probably some sort of oh. blood collection. Maybe they know their historical roots. <laughs> it's horrendous, but it's a nice homage to pay, I guess. Yeah, gotta pay homage to the original pelican. <laughs> the original pelican blood. Anyway. Pale. Pelican blood. He says, this magistry is of excellent virtue, which being taken inwardly and applied outwardly will ease the pains and cureth most diseases. Did they put it up All the right. button on, on the genitals? Because that's, that's how that reads to oh. me. God. No. Oh, Lord, I didn't even think about that. Does that not, is that not how it kind of reads as, though? It does kind of read, though, yeah. John French, the amount of infections you've caused. And deaths. And deaths. Alright, guess what he also has? Elixir of mummy. Of course he, he does. says, take of mummy and cut small four ounces. He doesn't specify which part. Any part will do. Uh, spirits of wine terebinthinated. I don't know what that means, but I'm actually there's a, there's a lot about it. Anyway, I'll get back to it. Spirits of wine terebinthinated, ten ounces. Put them into a glazed vessel, which is set in horse dung again to digest. Let this circulate for a month, and then run it through a sleeve for filtering. Evaporate the spirit, and which remains in the bottom is an oil, which is a wonderful prevention against all infections. You know. I have a feeling it does the complete opposite of that. I feel like it causes the infections, just like everything else here seems to. Yeah, that is an infection giver. Anyway, so spirits of wine terebinthinated. I, the best I could get from this is that a terebinth is a tree of the cashew family and is a source of turpentine, which is like a fluid that you can get from distilling the resin from trees. So that's nice. I'll take some tree, tree wine. That seems like the healthiest part of all of this so far, is the tree I wine. wish I could take just the tree wine and not the uh, the horse dung and the mummy pieces. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's just a lot. <laughs> it's too much. Anyway. So these aren't... I'm gonna come into a couple more which are not necessarily cannibalism, but they're just as terrible. So... He has a cure for inflamed eyes, apparently. Oh, and no. he says, take 
<laughs> take of a woman's milk, a pint um, of white copper, distill them in ashes, and then as soon as thou perceiveth any sharpness to come over, then cease. I don't know what that means. But let inflamed eyes be washed with this three or four times a day, and it will cure wonderfully. So oh my god. Basically, they need to find a pregnant woman, get her to donate her milk to mm -hmm. them, or, you know, yes. just pay for it. And Distill it in some ashes? And, and then put it in your eye? But, like, what is white copper? I have no cop copperas, he says. This is old English, so I feel like it could be a slang for something. You know what? We're gonna Google this right now. White. Is it cocaine again? God, can you imagine? That's such a funny way to say it. You know, I went down Merriam-Webster just now, and it and the definitions were words that I have never heard in my life. Gosslerite. Okay, it's a mineral. White zinc sulfate. Isn't that just copper? No. <laughs> also known as... There's another one. Coquimbite. Which is hydrospheric sulfate. I don't know. It's just a powder a compound. Not cocaine, but it's something. Honestly, I was kind of no hoping idea. it was cocaine at this point. <laughs> White copper. <laughs> cocaine. But no, it does it's sound a chemical like thing. That's what it would be, though. <laughs> this guy was an alchemist, and he had all kinds of stuff on hand. I have no idea. Wouldn't but the main ingredients were woman's milk and ash. Like any kind I don't want to imagine like human remains ash, fire pit ash. I feel the way he's writing it. He says distill them in ashes. I want to think that the ashes were used as a tool for distillation, so it was probably like fire ashes, normal ashes. Volcano but regardless, ashes. You, I don't want that in my inflamed eye. I feel like that would hurt. That would cause the inflammation, straight up. Yeah, like I feel like it does- a lot of these do the exact opposite of what you they're trying to cure. Yeah. I mean, most of them are, I'm going to cure your infection, when in reality they are, I'm going to give you an infection. Yeah. I feel like they're not very good at their jobs. <laughs> no. So, another one. Straight up, water of dung. It's exactly what you think it is. Poop water. He says, take any kind of dung, as much as you please. So, theoretically, you could take your own. Um, whilst it is still fresh... Put it into a common still with white wine enough to moisten it. Why, What's with the word why moist? Why did they love that word? Why did they love the word moist? And with a slow or soft fire, distill it off. He says, There is great virtue in dung, and many sorts thereof are very medicinable. I don't think so. <laughs> he says, Dove's dung water is great if you have an obstruction of the kidneys, bladder, or liver. I feel like that and would horse cause dung. kidney issues. <laughs> I know. And horse dung is good on, against the bastard pleurisy, dropsy, which is nowadays edema, or scurvy. Always the same diseases. <laughs> good lord. So I love the term bastard pleurisy because I googled this. A regular pleurisy is... Well... 
It's like an inflammation of the tissues lining your lungs and your chest cavity. And so it was a regular pleurisy if it was internal, but if it was only the external part, it was called a bastard pleurisy. <laughs> I don't think horse dung water is going to help you cure that, but... I don't think you do you. anything back then would have cured that. I think death would have been the cure. <laughs> you know, can you imagine? They're like, it works because when you die, you don't feel pain anymore. Yeah. Baby, we got it. Can a dead person have an infection? That's a really good question. <laughs> um, I'm going to Google I want to... My theory is that once you're deceased, deceased, there's no more white blood cell action happening to cause the reaction, you know? Um, I don't know. <laughs> well, at the very least, COVID can be given to somebody by a corpse. Yo, yeah, no, you can still definitely carry the virus in there, but, like, I don't know if you'll still have the, the typical signs of infection if you're a corpse. You definitely wouldn't have, like, any of the cough-related symptoms, but I think, like, physically, like... <laughs> just coughing as you're dead. <laughs> I but I feel like the ones, like, rashes or welts or boils mm -hmm. would stay. They probably wouldn't get any worse, but they wouldn't heal either. Yeah, like, whatever physical form you're dead in, you'll stay that way. Yeah. But I mean, like, you cannot get any more Infected. inflammation. Yeah. Like, any more ongoing inflammation, yeah. <laughs> Cough, you won't have any more of the coffee. <laughs> Why don't you just die? That'll cure your cough. <laughs> you're a corpse and you're just, like, wheezing all the air left. <laughs> Christ. Alright, well, he's got... Another one called Water of the Sperm of Frogs. Oh no, I already hate it. <laughs> oh no, Take the, the made it worse. <laughs> I just sipped water. It's making it so much worse. <laughs> it's just water, I swear. So he White says, water, take of the yeah. frog spawn. God, take of the frog spawn gathered in March about the new of the moon. Four pounds. Then take cow dung, six pounds, and mix them well together. Let them stand the space of one day and distill them close in ashes. No, thank this you. This water, <laughs> no, thank you. This water will allay all hot pains, both inward and outward, in fevers and especially in gout. Once again, no, no thank you. <laughs> it will not. Can't feel any hot pains if you're dead. Yeah, I feel yeah. like it doesn't take a genius. What I don't understand is why they needed so much. He says six pounds of cow dung and four pounds of frog spawn. You don't need this much. Also, how did they measure that accurately? <laughs> By via wheelbarrow? I have no idea. It was probably just it's like, just so this atrocious. looks like four pounds. Yeah, That is about four pounds, you know? Okay, this one makes me very, very sad. Oh, no. Because it involves cutting up whole birds. Oh, not the birds. Water of swallows, as in bird swallows. He says, take the <laughs> swallows, cut into pieces the whole birds without separating anything from them. You need six ounces. 
mix the meat together well and add castorum an ounce. And I googled this. Castorum is from beavers? I don't know which part of the beavers. That sounds like it comes from the genitalia area. Yeah, you know. I'll google it. I bet. Okay. Infuse them 12 hours in two pints of canary wine. What? Put them in a glass gourd, distill them in sand till all be dry, then cohobate in liquor three times. This wine taken in very small doses in the mornings will cureth the falling sickness, again the epilepsy. So it all comes back to poop and pee. <laughs> Castorium or is a yellowish exudate from the saster sacs of mature beavers. Beavers use okay. the castorium in combination with urine to scent mark their territory. Fantastic. Good for them. <laughs> so we're using beaver scent glands? Yeah, like musk glands, which is right near the <laughs> anal sacs. We're using beaver fart glands in entire birds to cure epilepsy. Oh my lord. I am sorry to anyone who had epilepsy in history. I'm sorry to the birds who got cut up for this purpose. There was no need. I'm sorry for the beavers who died just for one part the of beavers. their body. God. This is, you know, <laughs> side tangent. This is giving me such severe bellows energy right now. Oh my god, you're right. I'm gonna take an entire bird and drink its juice for my epilepsy. <laughs> That's what bellows is it. based on. This, can you imagine? He came we cracked from the, right the time code. period. This is, oh yeah, the 1600s. That, that's the time when this would have been published, so you never know. He literally came. Maybe this was just another Tuesday for him. <laughs> owl house theories. Owl house. I need to do an episode on owl house theories because of the, what was it? The Connecticut witch trials thing that we just found out. Yes. Anyway, that's a tangent. I have a few more involving meat. Let's go. Mm, Water of meat. Take what flesh you please. The bloodiest parts, unwashed. <laughs> That's what he wants. Cut very fine. And then bruised. Um, and then what is it? Pour upon it as much cold water as sufficient with spices and herbs. Set it over a gentle fire. Um, distill it off and you get the delicious restorative water of meat. Good for the feeble. I feel like it has the opposite effect for the feeble, but okay. <laughs> okay. I, this, this one's kind of convoluted, so I'm struggling to understand what he's doing. But he says, take the flesh, cut it up, pour water and herbs on it, set it over a fire. It just sounds and like then he's cooking get it. the water. It just sounds like cooking, so maybe this isn't as bad. I mean, if you're lucky... You can cook all the nasty stuff off, so you're just drinking meat juice. Yeah, but it would have but been what like, a description. It would probably would have been a mixture of oil, like fatty oil, yeah, blood, and just like atrocious substances. <laughs> disgusting. Now he has some specifications for if you if your meat is a feathered fowl. Again, this man's birds. He says, take it after being chased up and down until it is weary, 
and then suddenly strangled. Pluck the feathers off without putting it into water, take out the bowels, and then once it's all clean, cut the flesh, bones, gizzard, liver, and heart. I... I'm sad. <laughs> so they basically took out the entire rectum. They would chase the birds until they were weary and then strangle them. And I know that wasn't uncommon to do back then, but I'm sad. It didn't need to be done. No, there are so many things that were completely unnecessary. I don't need your tortured bird water. <laughs> yeah, wow. Not what I, especially not if I'm the feeble. If I'm the feeble in the 1600s, I think I'd rather just pass. I think if I was in the 1600s, I'd just want to pass regardless. I would just pass peacefully. I don't need your bird juices. Yeah, wow. Wow, wow. Wow. Alright, I think this is the last one. More meat. Oh no. Restorative liquor of meat. He says, take the heart, lungs, and liver of a good calf, the heart, lungs, and liver of a fox, cut them all, add them to a quart of sh of, of, um, the shells of snails. That's really random. And then scour them in salt water. Put them into a copper vessel uh, covered so that no vapor can come out. Set this vessel over the steam of seething water for 24 hours, and they will be, for the most part, turned into a liquor of themselves. I don't think that's liquor, my guy. I think that's poison. <laughs> I think that's disgusting. <laughs> Take out this liquor, put it into a large pelican. The bird, I don't know. Um... And then put in some- I like this part because it's the only nice part of this recipe. Put in some wine, rosemary flowers, marigolds, and marshmallow flowers, raisins of the sun, and nutmeg, and then digest all of that in the space of a fortnight. By raisins of the sun, do they mean sunflower seeds? I thought they just meant raisins. I'm thinking sunflower seeds. Raisins, I don't... That, that'd be nice. Either... I'll take it, you know? Yeah. And here's the bad part. Um, distill it in feces. God damn it. You've ruined it. Pour off all that which is clear and add it... And add in some sugar, some syrup of gilly flowers, and let the patient take five spoonfuls three times a day. God damn it. It was going so well. It was bad, then it was slightly good, and then it was bad again. Oh my god. It says, this recovereth de the decaying strength for use wonderfully. It's also useful for those who can neither eat nor digest food. Well, I mean, the dead can't no. eat, so I mean... No. It is very useful in consumption, which is like the, the sickness where you'd... Um, be super duper skin, skinny, super thin. And it repairs the radial moisture marvelously. You know what I have That's to say to all this? <laughs> yes. That's what Wait. I have to say. It cut out. I screamed. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've got for you today. Okay, well, this is the last episode of this podcast. <laughs>
<laughs> it's over. It's been it's been fun, guys. Good night. I've officially <laughs> been disturbed. I didn't think it would happen so early on. We've done it. We've made it horrible, <laughs> which I guess was our mission to do, but yeah. perhaps we took it too far. No, nah, I think we took it just <sighs> the right amount of farness. Yeah. <laughs> Fartness. <laughs> Feces. Yeah, how do we always well, end up on feces and urine? We didn't for the first episode, but that's because it was a completely different topic. Yeah, if it's medical related, somehow we're going to get to feces it's and gonna urine. It's going to get to feces. Oh yeah, the, the, the cornerstones. Yeah, okay, well... Well, hopefully next time we'll cover something that's not this. Yeah, I'm doing the next one or are you doing the next one? I think I, I think you yeah. are because I I'm doing I did this one yeah yeah okay I will Fair try and sore. make it not this <laughs> I will try okay. and get us away from the feces and urine and inevitably fail <laughs> we'll somehow bring it back we'll, we can't escape we'll be talking about like elephants or something and we'll just end up here <laughs> yeah well tune in next time to antique atrocities for something some more antique atrocities. <laughs> Yeah. We can guarantee they'll be atrocious and antique. Yeah. But we're not sorry about it. We're not. I mean, you clicked on this. You you willingly set foot into this territory. Yeah. It's your own fault at this we're point. We're just here to deliver. Yeah. Well. Thank you for coming to Antique Atrocities. <laughs> and please. We hope to traumatize you more. Yes. Please Next be time. traumatized more with us again in the future. And don't try any of these at home. Oh yeah, do <laughs> Final not. warning. It's your own fault. Fare thee Goodbye. well. Goodbye.